So wrapping up the end of the month for my podcast, and I'm just going to do like a wrap up at the end of the month. And um, I started out with uh, rebuilding relationships, the family dynamics. Um, and I actually have a book that I've collected information on and I've done research over many, many years. And when I say many years, we're talking about maybe like eight years. And this all started when I, my ex and I did decided to get a divorce we and I was in school at the time and I decided to take a marriage and family class that's marriage and family and that course actually helped me to navigate my divorce when I say navigate it helped me um to create situations positive positive situations for my ex and I so we could um make the transition and it also led me to the co-parenting um, that I wanted to, after divorce, I, I wanted to keep the family intact. So I, it was my decision that we should co-parent. So we tested out while we're separated, living together. And when the divorce was finalized, we remain living together intact. You know, I, I spoke about this on prior podcasts. So ever since then, I, my, my, thing was I was interested in relationships on the whole and how I could from what I've learned over the years help people to navigate to navigate relationships whether uh, marriage divorce uh, cohabiting and a part of that also is parenting because that ties into it I mean if you're married and you don't have any kids then lucky for you <laughs> but you know you could consider having kids as part of a the whole package um because it does it can or you know it can affect the coupling as a married couple so parenting is also a part of the whole thing so it's it's the family dynamics and rebuilding the family dynamics um and you have to start from relationships so um i've been doing this I've collected data over the years and I've done research and I've wrote a book and the book is coming out shortly. Uh, and it's in reference to rebuilding relationships, family dynamics, you know, and we've seen how much relationship has relationships have been affected by COVID. And I'm pretty sure the divorce rate or, you know, probably spiked up um, since COVID um, came into play. But the thing with relationships are we now have to move forward. And part of rebuilding or restructuring is knowing what we want from a relationship. We no longer, you know, it's no longer, oh, I want kids or I want financial security because those aren't enough to keep a relationship going or sustain a relationship. So what we really need to do is to reflect before we even for those of for, for the folks that aren't in a committed relationship you need to think about why you'd want to get into a committed relationship why you'd want to have kids and why you want why you would want to get married um so and for the ones that are in it um you have to you know you might have to restructure um the relationship 
Um, so I'm going to have Esther Perel, and she's one of my favorite therapists, couples therapists. And um, moving forward, she's going to talk about monogamy because that seems to be what most, if not all, of us want. We could all want monogamy. We, 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 we want our partners to be faithful, but can they be faithful? Uh, that's the question we have to ask. Can dare us be faithful? Do we want to be uh, in a monogamous relationship? The answer might be yes, but is it what we truly want? So we're going to listen to Esther Perel, and I am going to come back after and uh, just wrap it up. So here is Esther again, and she's a therapist, and she'll get into relationships and monogamy. Today, when you say open relationships or non-monogamous relationships or periodically non-monogamous or monogamous, shall I dance savage, <laughs> or, you know, or polyamorous, it, or people will say, can't work, impossible, you know. The fact is monogamy is the new frontier. But you can have it as negotiated through divorce or mm. through what most people have always done, which is proclaimed monogamy and clandestine adultery. Or you can do it through a model of transparency in which people have consensual non-monogamy. This is it. Mm. This is the options. Right. What do you think is going to be working the most There's going to be a little bit of everything. Mm. There are some people who really need stable, committed, monogamous relationships. They don't want open doors. Mm -hmm. And there are other people for which open doors probably should be the model from the start. That's kind of who they are. That's their curiosity. That's the way they live their life. And it's not because they're less committed or less loving. It's because their sexuality is organized in a certain way and it lives together with a certain arrangement. And all of that is going to be redefined mm. as we go along. Um, it's de facto what's going to happen. It yeah. will be the next frontier. But if you see it on the level of marriage, people say, you know, if you say, okay, let's look on the, you know, you have to look at it from the place of before marriage. Mm -hmm. You know, a Swedish philosopher said, today, monogamy only exists in reality. It doesn't exist in your memories and it doesn't exist in your fantasies. Mm. So, this is not because I advocate it. It's just, there's a, first of all, there's nothing to advocate. It's very simple that by definition, we have multiple sex partners mm -hmm. before marriage. We are not monogamous anymore in the traditional sense of the word. The word has been in flux and we don't really know where it's going. Mm. We don't. What we know is that people still seek to connect. People want to love. People want somebody who loves them. And how that will play itself out is the mysteries of life. But the fundamental human need for love, for connection, for passion, for transcendence will never change. The expressions, the forms, the institutions in which we will seek those fundamental human aspirations will continuously transform. That's really mm. how I see the, the evolution taking sure. place. Sure. What do you think of what I'm saying? Oh, man. It's just so, you know, 
it's confusing because you hear so many different options that work, that don't work. You see people that love each other that go through breakup and divorce. You see, and then you see the pain and the struggle and the emotional toll that it takes on some people. Then you see people who are in, you know, committed monogamous relationships who feel guilty because they want to be able to explore, but they they can't because they've made this choice Mm -hmm. and they've committed to it. Monogamy is a practice. Mm -hmm. We are not by nature, biologically, evolutionary monogamous. It's a practice. It's a choice. And it's a choice. Not our makeup. No. And it's a choice. and And monogamy is a continuum. Uh, you, mono- you know, you have mind, you have fantasy, you have memory, you have a lot of things. At what point do we become mm. non-monogamous? Where does non-monogamy start? And all of these concepts are fluid concepts today. There is just no way to define it like that. Right. So we make our choices and we make compromises and we sometimes don't just do what we want. And we often need to think about the consequences of our actions. Mm-hmm. And we need to think about the larger picture and something that may be perfectly desirable for tonight may not be worth it right. for the next weeks and the next years. Yeah, exactly. And I think that in the era of self-fulfillment and the right to happiness, we don't have more desires today than the previous generations. We just feel more entitled to fulfill our desires. And we feel that we have a right to be happy. My personal happiness. The switch, the greatest switch, is from a a, a social organization in which I think about the well-being of others. Collectivist thinking thinks about the well-being of others and I sacrifice my own individual needs for the well-being of others. To the other side of the continuum is I have a right to pursue my individual Mm. needs and the others will have to adapt to it. And I think that we are a little bit on the extreme end of the other side at this point. Mm. We really take ourselves a little very seriously. (laughs) And sometimes at the detriment of other people to whom we do have an obligation and and a commitment to, not just our partners. The world. uh, The world. So where should we be? Somewhere in the middle, you think? Or what's... In an examined state. I don't know that it's always in the middle, but in an examined state, in a state that doesn't just say what I like, what I feel, the fact that I have Mm -hmm. options doesn't mean I have to exercise all these options. The problem of consumer life is that we don't know anymore to make choices. Same with the cereals in the supermarket. Why would it be better with love? So I could get better. I could get better. I'm like, you know, I'm a victim of FOMO. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm a, how do I know this is the best? No, you don't. Yeah. When do I find the best? No, you don't. You don't find your partner. You choose your partner. It's very different. You know, if you think you're going to find somebody who is the person who's going to make you stop looking, it doesn't work this way. Because really? No, it doesn't. Because at some point, your inner rumblings will start up again, and then you will say, oh, probably you Start it's looking. Not. <laughs> 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 you know, it's like you just say, this is it. This is where I decide to put my my roots in this mm. moment you know and i'm gonna and i'm gonna try to deepen them i think we are all living with paradoxes of choice yes you know from uh, from which phone i get but we cannot commodify a partner and just kind of beta test the partner and beta test the relationship <laughs> and check out to see is it good enough or can i find better L- you, yes you can the fact is you could find other i'm not sure it would be better 
but you definitely can find other. Yeah. And there are lots of people you can love, and there's only a few you can make a life with. And they're not always the same. So Esther um, spoke about re-examine and what she's saying that we now have to re-examine ourselves and why we want to get into relationships because monogamy is actually no more. And according to what she said also that we are creatures that not uh, made for monogamy. We're not made for monogamy. And I'm not uh, condoning not being monogamous. I'm saying that we have to re-examine. As a matter of fact, it's not shameful to say that you want more than one partner. I don't think there's a big deal. That's a big deal. The big deal is that when you know within yourself that you can't be committed to one person, but you promise yourself to someone in that sense, and then you can't fulfill that commitment, that is a problem. Okay, so we now have to re-examine ourselves. Yes, re-examine because today we might, we based, we get into relationships based on feelings. It feels good today. It looks good today. And tomorrow it's not what I want. So we have to re-examine ourselves. We're all, every one of us wants relationships. And again, we all want to have somebody that's going to be faithful to us. But let's be real. We're not creatures that can be faithful. <laughs> We're just not. So for the ones that want monogamy, Esther said it's a choice. You make a choice. You're the one that's going to choose if you want it. And, and I said this earlier that you can't. there's nothing a woman could do to make a man be faithful unless he chooses to. It's a choice. He has to choose. It doesn't matter what you do, what you have, how you look. If he is not going to be faithful, he is not going to be faithful. It's a choice he has to make, and it has nothing to do with status. It has nothing to do with how much money he has, how he looks, how, how well-established, high-level, low-value, value, middle-level. <laughs> it doesn't. If a man decides to be faithful, that's a choice he has to make. So we have no influence over that. Ladies, again, we have no influence over that. So let's just not kid ourselves. So I think what she said was pretty much, it. she nailed it. Even though some people might be cringing and I'm like, you know, we're not pushing uh, monogamy. We should be pushing monogamy. You can't push mon monogamy on anyone. You just can't. We're not creatures that could be monogamous. And that's the truth. And there's no shame in saying that, you know what, I want to be in an open relationship or I want to be polyamory, poly, 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 polyamory, <laughs> poly. <laughs> Listen, it's the way of the world and this is reality. And uh, COVID has taught us or showed us that I think the most era that was impacted was um, relationships. So now we have to rethink, restructure, rebuild, reexamine ourselves before we decide to commit to anyone. That's it. <laughs>